He died for individuals whom He knew and loved from eternity. He is a great Savior. We pray that You'd cause everyone here this morning to know Him, to love Him, to trust Him, and to believe this wonderful truth. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have one more preaching of the Gospel section for the order of service today. And that is uh, the sacrament of baptism. I'm going to ask the Yoders. They're, they're coming up this way now. David and Alicia. There's Becca and there's Mavis and Eleanor probably, no doubt, somewhere. And most of all, there needs to be a David. And I know I just saw him. It started to say he walked past the door back there, but he, his mother walked past the door. Here he is. We had the privilege just a few short weeks ago of baptizing Avery Lynch and then a few short months ago, uh, Sam, baby Sam, Samuel Jody, and now today David Yoder, number three. And uh, it's a privilege. I've asked, uh, of course, their elders, Kurt Schmidt, Ethan Farquhar's their deacon, Assigned, he's out of town, and so uh, Tim Hall standing in ably for for Ethan today. Let me read some scripture for us, and I want to read that wonderful passage in Acts chapter two. A few weeks ago, when we baptized Avery, we we actually spent the entire sermon time in chapter 16 of Acts looking at covenant baptism and uh, the whole concept of, of, of God, the continuation of the covenant sign from circumcision in the Old Testament to baptism in the New Testament. And we saw there how what it makes perfect sense that Lydia would believe and then the next thing we'd read is that she would be baptized and her household. And her household would have included any children still living with her. It would have included any household slaves, servants who lived in the household, just as God has com- had commanded Abraham to, bab- to circumcise the same subjects. So, in the New Covenant context, God commanded us to baptize this new sign. Yeah, the sign changed from circumcision to baptism, but the subject stayed the same. And with the new covenant came greater clarity. No wonder the sign changed from circumcision to baptism because with the coming of Christ came a more clear gospel. And baptism is certainly a more clear gospel than even circumcision. While circumcision was a cutting away, taking away, baptism was a washing, a cleansing. It was something that It reminded the people of how radical the salvation was. In chapter 2 of Acts, 
we have that passage that often people go to and say, well, but see, when we came to the New Testament, God changed the rules. From the household being baptized to just those who believe being baptized. But I want you to notice what it says here. After Peter had preached this great sermon, they had heard this, and they, the people who had heard it, this vast number of people, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if we just stopped reading there, and if God had just stopped speaking there, then we would have something of a struggle, wouldn't we? But he doesn't. Peter comes right on with Genesis 17 language that would have made every all these Jews from all over the world remember who his hearers were. They're gathered in Jerusalem. There's this multitude of Jewish people. And so Peter looks at him and says, you know, repent and be baptized. And then he says this in verse 39, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. And so, when people say, well, who should be baptized? We say the same who were circumcised in the Old Testament. Father, and by virtue of male headship in the Old Testament context, the mother and the young ladies and the sons received circumcision. That was the sign of the covenant. And God linked the covenant and the sign so closely, he even says in chapter 17 of Genesis, this is the covenant, the circumcision of the flesh. This is the covenant, the baptism of the proper subjects. Little David was born into a covenant family. By virtue of being born into a covenant family, believing mother and father, he's brought here today to be baptized, to receive the sign of the covenant. It'd be inconsistent, wouldn't it, if he's a child of the covenant, not to also have the sign of the covenant. It'd be confusing to the world. Well, you, you say he's in the covenant community, he's born into a covenant family, but He's not been marked out by the sign of the covenant. And so he's come today, been brought here today to be marked out with the sign of the covenant. What's it a sign of? It's a sign of, as we saw there in Acts chapter 2.38, it's a sign of, of forgiveness of sins. It's a sign of being engrafted into Christ. I often refer to it as engagement with Christ. And we look forward to Him growing up and embracing Christ by faith. 
owning Christ, being married as the, as the bride to the bridegroom. So it's a sign of, of the washing away of sins. It's the sign of union with Christ. It's a sign of, of, of forgiveness. Now, as I always remind you, a sign is not the same as the thing. That's easy to illustrate, isn't it? B.B. Warfield, even back in the 1920s, they had enough signs around for him to be able to use the illustration. That sign, and we can use the road sign, that sign that says there's a curve in the road, that's not the curve. And so we remind people, this is not the salvation. But it's a sign that points us to it. It's a sign that David and Alicia and Becca and Eleanor will remind David from now on, you received the sign, the sign. And then they'll point him toward what the sign points him to, Christ and Christ's salvation and the need for him to trust Christ and to love Christ. So somebody says, well, so it's it really doesn't do anything. No, I just told you, it really does do something. It unites him to this body of faith. It commits him to this place to be nurtured in the truths of God's Word. And it's a pledge of God to this this family and to this child. It's a seal of the covenant as well. It's a seal. It means God's put His imprint on it. You've seen seals. There's little pieces of hot wax and somebody puts their initials in it or something. It says, this is mine. I, I, I sign off on this. This is God signing off saying, this is my covenant sign. I'll do my part. So we trust the Lord to do His part because after all, if, if He doesn't do His part, everything we do is futile. Did you Did you read already that Wonderful quote, I will, as long as I'm your pastor, I will, I will remind you of this. Warfield was not inspired, but Warfield got this straight from the Bible. Every time we baptize an infant, we bear witness that salvation is from God. That we cannot do any good thing to receive it. Did you see yet this baby do anything? He didn't walk down here. He didn't respond. Did you notice? He didn't respond at all when I called for him earlier. Mom almost didn't respond. He won't, he won't be able to get into this, this font of water and baptize himself. He won't be able to help me in the least. And that's the way it should be, isn't it? Because it pictures perfectly that we're unable, that we're disabled people that we are totally dependent on God. So Warfield says, we receive salvation from from His hands as a sheer gift of His grace, and we all enter the kingdom of of heaven, therefore, as a little child who cannot do, but are done for. Even the mode of baptism that we use, sprinkling, or if we poured, it would be the same. Our confession says sprinkling and pouring are, the, are, are biblical 
acceptable modes. Even those picture it, don't they? Because they come down from above. They don't rise up from under the child. They come down from above. And that's where grace comes from, is from God. It's like a shower, a refreshing spring shower to the child, to the family, to the household of faith. And so, we baptize David Yoder III. Let me exhort the parents, and with this, parents out there, you can renew your covenant, your vows, when you hear these questions, as you should. I want to exhort you to teach your child to read the Word of God. That's the main reason any Christian should teach their children to read, is to read first and foremost God's Word. Instruct them in our holy religion. The catechisms are a wonderful little tool for doing just that thing. Pray with him and pray for him. That's both, not an or. Pray with and for him. And then set an example of piety and godliness before him as you do for your other children. And I would also encourage Becca and Eleanor and Mavis to set good examples for your little brother as well. That's your responsibility to help mommy and daddy. Now the questions for David and for Alicia. Do you promise, or rather, do you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you? Do you claim God's covenant promises in His behalf and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for His salvation as you do for your own salvation? Do you now unreservedly commit your child to God and promise in humble reliance upon divine grace that you will endeavor to set before Him a godly example, that you will pray with and for Him and you will teach Him the doctrines of our holy religion, and that you will strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Very good. And to the congregation. We are a covenant clan. We're a body. Hands and toes and kneecaps and ears and eyes, noses, and they're all in one body, fit together, and if they function properly, they have to work together. And um, even already this week, you all have come alongside the Yoders and helped them and provided for them. And uh, so we need to continually helping, volunteering to teach Sunday school classes so that as little David comes into Sunday school, he'll have good godly teachers when he comes to the catechism classes on Wednesday night, he'll have them. So keep that in mind when Bradley Clough and Leslie Roboski and others come around asking you to teach in these different venues. You're about to take a vow that you will do that, among other things. Okay? With a hearty amen, I ask this question and ask you to respond with a hearty amen. Do you as Covenant Presbyterian Church, undertake the responsibility of assisting David and Alicia Yoder in the Christian nurture of David Yoder III. Do you?
Amen. I want to ask Kurt Schmidt if he'll pray for the family and for David now. Father, we are indeed thrilled and so thankful for uh, your determination to set your love and your electing purposes on a great sum of people. And that in so doing, Father, you determined to enter into a covenant of grace and to, and to, deliver, to deliver those people out of an estate of sin and misery and into an estate of salvation by the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that uh, as members of the covenant, that the promises of the covenant also extend to our children just heard that the promises are for us and are for our children. Father, we're thankful that our children are sanctified, they're set apart, and we're thankful that because of that, they have an interest in the covenant and a right to to uh, have this sign applied to them and have a right to the outward privileges of the covenant people, even uh, the church. And so, Father, we pray that, uh, first of all, that you would use it in each of our lives to confirm and give us greater assurance that we are indeed, even as we heard from our pastor, that we are indeed engrafted, we are united to Christ, that uh, forgiveness of sins is ours, uh, that uh, we have been regenerated by the work, sovereign work of your spirit, that we are dead to sin and have been resurrected uh, to newness of and uh, so, Father, may that be uh, drilled into our hearts as we witness and we've heard those words. But we also pray for little David. Uh, we uh, thank you for him. We thank you that you've given him as a gift to the Yoda family and, in a sense, as a gift to uh, the Covenant family here as well. And we pray, Father, that uh, the sign and the grace that is signified in that sign that you would work in his heart in this day and in the days and the years to come in such a manner, Father, that uh, that that this, the grace sealed would be sealed in his heart, that he would believe in you, and that even, Father, as he looks back upon his life in 10 or 20 years from now, that he would be able to confess uh, that he never knew a day that he did not uh, love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for uh, the parents, for David and Alicia. Uh, we've just heard them uh, make these vows and affirm these statements. We pray, Father, that you would give them grace to fulfill those vows, uh, help them to, to be good teachers of their children and David, uh, help them to, to be good examples of, of Christian living, and, uh, Father, we pray for us as a congregation. We also have affirmed about help us also to enter into the life of this family and in particular this covenant child that we would uh, do what we can to promote godliness and uh, faith in Christ. And so, Father, we're thankful for this time, this glorious time that you've given to us. And uh, we praise you because it's because of your sovereign, working, electing love.
Her larger catechism calls us all to improve upon her baptism. That simply means that we're to pay attention. Every time we see a, an infant or an adult baptized, we're reminded that we are, we have a responsibility. God, as the sovereign God, has entered into a covenant with us. And our end of that covenant is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that you may be saved. Trust Him and obey Him. And so, today, consider God's faithfulness toward you and bring you to saving faith and your faithfulness to Him. I baptize you, David Yoder III, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank You for this covenant child. We thank You for this covenant sign. And as we look, Father, to that which it signifies, our Lord Jesus Christ and His perfect salvation, we pray that You would make Jesus special and precious to David all the days of his life. Grant him that faith he needs as he grows older to trust You, to rest upon You. And may, Lord, You be pleased to use him as a mighty soldier, a mighty servant, of the kingdom, a leader in your church all the days of his life. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.